Okay, is this working? Yep. We're in the book of Romans, getting back to that, but we've been in chapter 8. And chapter 8 is talking about the life of the Spirit, if you recall. And I'm having internet issues. Here we go. But, so, started out saying that in, in chapter 8, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 1, verse 2 says that the law of the spirit of life has already set us free from the law of sin and death. I want you to, and, and notice I'm always reminding you guys about to look for God's promises when you're reading his epistles, you know. So, because that's a promise, okay? You are free from the law of sin and death. You're not a slave to fear, like the song was saying. That's, that's uh, actually a promise of God that's going to come up in this chapter, and it's also in Hebrews chapter 2. I think I talked about that last time. But I want to go back, and I want to look at some things, because he's been building up into the life of the Spirit, right? And so, and, and, and so I want to go back and pull up some things that we looked at in previous lessons. I want to start actually back in chapter 6. And no, I'm not going to preach all the way back through chapter 6. I'm just going to pull up a verse here. Knowing this, because I, I want to pose something to you here tonight. Knowing this, know this, knowing this. And I, I don't know if any of you have remembered the teaching on Second Peter chapter 1, where it talks about how uh, we, we become, you know, grace and peace is multiplied to us in knowledge. And by knowledge, we become partakers of the divine nature through God's promises. By, by knowledge, there's a type of knowledge that comes by the spirit. And that's why, you know, these, that's when these things become a reality in your life. It's, it's one thing to know them up here. But it's another thing to, to, to take the time with God and to allow his spirit to make them come alive to you. I mean, has anyone ever experienced that before? Have you I mean, if you've experienced even the Lord Jesus Christ himself making himself real to you, that's 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 a revelation of the spirit. But you can get that kind of revelation for all of God's promises. So know this, that one, our old man was crucified with him, the that the body of sin may be done away with. Remember when we were in chapter seven, verse 23, it said, uh, I, I see a law. Another law in my members, take, warring against the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin, which is in my members. Do you ever want to know why you still want to do those things sometimes that you know you shouldn't want to do? Is because the sin is still in your, in your body. Your bo our body is still waiting for redemption. That's coming up later in this chapter. But it says that the old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Galatians 5.17 talks about the, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. The two are in opposition to one another. And when we see that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death, what does that tell us? Anybody? Because we have these two opposing each other. But what does that tell us? That the law of the spirit of life makes us free. No clue? Should be obvious. That it is much stronger than the law of sin and death. 
Why does it seem, does it, why doesn't it always seem that way? Right. Skipping down to verse 24 in chapter 5, it says that those who are Christ, notice this again, this is another promise, a done deal, have crucified the flesh, which is passions and desires. Any, anyone here, Christ? One or two of you, three or four of you? All of you, I hope. <laughs> so, it says you have crucified the desires. It's done. Done deal. So what's the problem? How many still struggle? Half of you are honest and the other ones are <laughs> either not paying attention or you're lying. No, I won't say that. I don't know that you're all struggling. But what's the problem here? If you, back in Romans chapter 8, again, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Notice that. Now, notice it doesn't say if you live in sin. I want to cover the other part of this now, right now, because a lot of Christians struggle with this. If you live according to the flesh. You know, there's a lot. Do you know any people that you know for a fact don't know the Lord, but you also know them well enough to say that, that they're really good people. You know, they're really nice people. They do more. They don't, you know, go out and do the things that you think sinners would be doing. But, or how, right? But you know what? A whole lot of Christians are this way too. Do you think this will record down there or should I hold it up here? No. Okay. And this is why we struggle. Put to, by the spirit, it says, put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. See, for me, say what I'm doing right now. It's not a problem for me to buy the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. You know why? Because I can't do it without the spirit. But say, like last time, my son-in-law, Aaron, I think you saw that he's a very talented musician. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's... Can play. I mean, he just he, he can play. You, you put it on him. You give it to him. He can play it. So, someone like him would have to be disciplined because he could just sit here and jam by the flesh, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of music out there that's got nothing to do with God, and there's a lot of talented people playing it. You know, they're not. In other words, you can do so. Or Nicole up here, she's got a wonderful voice. She could just get up here and play and sing and sound great. How many heard me speak the last time on Wednesday night when I was talking about uh, God's, um, the judgment for believers? That, you, did you know that believers are going to be judged as well as unbelievers? Not with unbelievers, but there's a different judgment for believers. It's, it's called the judgment seat of Christ as opposed to the great white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ, it says, it's, that is in... Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, and then in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says how it's going to go. What, what's going to be judged about us? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 10 says that we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive those things done in the body, good or bad. But what's good or bad from God's standpoint, right? And 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that if any man's, you know, work is going to be judged. It's the, day, it'll, the day will judge it. It's going to be tried by fire. 
If anyone, and he, and he categorizes the work as gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and straw, and the fire is gonna try it. So evidently, you know, it looks good. Both ones look good. The wood, hay, and straw must be gold-plated, silver-plated, and painted to look like precious stones because otherwise you just tell by looking at it, right? In other words, if it was bad, you could, if it was bad, it would look, what we consider bad, it would look bad, right? I mean, you could have like the most dedicated person in the church, but they're doing it, what? By their own power, by the power of the flesh. That's what I mean. It's the things that are acceptable to God are the things that are done by the Spirit, right? Isaiah says that our righteousness to God is filthy rags. Our good deeds are filthy rags. It's not what we do for him, but what we allow him to do through us that works, right? It's, that's, and I mean, that's the thing I want you to get tonight. So if by the Spirit, and that's the only way you should do it, you put to death the deeds, good deeds, bad deeds, all the deeds. And here's the thing. If you're doing the good deeds in your own flesh, those bad deeds are, hiring, are hiding right in the shadows, and you're going to fall into them because you're not going to have the power of the Spirit to resist them. All the things that, I mean, some of you, you guys are all young, but some of you are old enough to have a history, right? Of, of things that you were into, right? I mean, am I the only one here? I don't think so. So if you're doing the good deeds by the Spirit, the bad deeds that once held you captivity can, can just can creep in whenever, you know, at, at the most inopportune time and just spring themselves on you. And you find yourself saying, I can't believe I just did that. Or did that ever happen? I thought I was done with that years ago. But you're not consistently putting to death the deeds of the body. So I want to, because I, I did cover these verses last time. I, I did get this far. I got as far as verse 16. But I want to look at them again in this light. Because I want you to see the light that he's using him. Led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Anyone remember what sons of God is? Yeah. That's right. It doesn't mean a male child. It means, I mean, you know. First John said, as many as received him, he gave power to be sons of God. Not first John, John chapter one. That, well, you know, that would also obviously include girls, right? <laughs> right? It means you're mature enough to begin to move in, in responsibly in some things. And as many as are led by the spirit, these are sons of God. You can begin doing things for God when the spirit leads you. But he's going to, first thing he's leading you to do, and, you, and, and really, really qualified, not qualified to do anything unless by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body. Otherwise, you're laying up for yourself wood, hay, and straw, right? Getting heavy tonight, right? For you did not receive, and here we, we sang about this one, you did not receive the bondage again to fear. I mean, this shouldn't be making you afraid. This should be making you sing, wow, I, but I really can do this. I really can do this. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And I, and I want you to... Um, I'm going to reiterate this. I talked about this last time where he speaks to you. And he doesn't want to have to 
He'd really prefer not to have to scream to do, or do drastic things to get your attention. He wants you to be sensitive to him. You know, he bears witness with your spirit. The easiest way to follow in his direction is to always be in tune with him. And how do you know you're always in tune with him? His fruit is there. His fruit is there. I mean, especially what I've found, and this is experience has taught me this, it's peace. You know, I've, I've, I've made, over the years, made bad life choices. I've probably used this example before, but you know, for employment, for instance. I, I had a situation, and this was back in about 1990, I had a situation where a job came to me and uh, offered me something that much seemingly much better and much more lucrative than what I was getting. And I went and prayed about it and I didn't have peace at all. And I knew I didn't have peace at all. But my wife said, this is too good to turn down. My parents said, this is too good to turn down. My in-laws said, this is, you know, you know what I mean? It was the outward pressure against, I just don't have peace about doing this. So I did it. Life lesson learned the hard way. It was, wasn't two or three months till I was unemployed. So, you know, just saying, just things like that. I've, I've learned never, ever, ever violate that peace. Doesn't matter what it looks like. God knows what he's doing. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything. And, and you know, and, and, but here's, here's the thing though is, uh, let's see, no. Ooh, dismissed out something out here. Okay. Just left the scripture out. Oh, well. But he bears witness with your spirit. And remember, remember what I left you with the last time? You know, about the importance of being able to identify what your spirit is. Where your spirit... Actually, your spirit is really you. When it comes down to it, you are a spirit. You're not a body, you're not a, um, a soul. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live inside of a body. But your soul is where your, your decision-making is. And your soul actually contacts the outward realm, the physical realm, and the spirit realm, if you make it sensitive. I mean, if you're hard-hearted, your, your spirit is completely closed off from your soul. But praying in the spirit is useful for that. Because it, it's, if you know... If, if nothing else, and, and it is a lot else, it edifies you, but it also makes you, helps you sense, uh, locate where, you, where the voice of your spirit comes from. It doesn't come from up here, right? If anyone doesn't pray in the spirit, you really, it's really something you need to be doing. It comes right out of the core of your being. It, it, it has nothing to do with your mind. It says, if, 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 the Bible says, if you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit prays, your understanding is unfruitful. But... It's okay. It still makes it still makes you sensitive to tune into where that, what the spirit is saying, and you can just sense the peace or the lack of it. Oh well, okay. Over in Galatians, Paul, Pastor teaches on this all the time, but I, I want to bring this out because we're talking about doing the deeds in the spirit, right? Not in the flesh. He said this to the Galatians, because I don't know if you know the history of, of the Galatians, but basically it was a whole epistle chewing this church out. 
because he had come with the gospel of grace, the, our gospel, his gospel, you know, the gospel the book of Romans preaches, delivered it to Galatia, they received it gladly, but he had a follow-up to his ministry. He had these people that would follow him, follow him up, these, these Jewish people who would say, okay, it's great, you received the gospel, now you got to do this, you got to get circumcised, you got to you know, do this. You got to keep the Sabbath. You got to do this and that and, and, and keep the law and here's the law and you got to do all these things. And they accepted it. And he's telling him, what's wrong? I'm basically, if, uh, if I backed up at verse one, he started the chapter by saying, oh, foolish Galatians, which is a very mild translation. It could have eased more accurately said, you stupid Galatians or, you know, something very strong. I mean, it, he was really put out with them. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? But this ought to be good news to you guys, because the same way you started in the spirit is the same way you're completed. In other words, you can't do it. God has to. You can't do it. Whatever it is that I'm saying here and you're saying, oh, wow, that's heavy. You can't do it. But he can. He needs you to be totally reliant on him. I'm going to go all the way back to chapter one. This is the introduction that we said. For I am so, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God to salvation for anyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, this should encourage you people about speaking the gospel to people. Just realize that what you're doing is releasing the power of God to them for salvation, right? You have faith in that because you know it. You're experiencing it in your own lives. When you speak it to someone else, you are actually releasing the power of Almighty God to them. And while I'm on it, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll convict people in John chapter 16 of sin. What sin? Of not believing on me. In other words, when they look at you like you're crazy... Are you going to believe what you see? Or are you going to believe what Jesus said? No, nah, no. Nah. The Holy Spirit's convicting them right now. I mean, they could react violently one way or another. I mean, I, I used this in a message in another time. You know, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, they were cut to the heart and, and 3,000 people got saved. But when Stephen preached, they, they were cut to the heart and they stopped up their ears and they ran on him with one accord and stoned him to death. I mean, it's part of it. But we talked about suffering is, is part of it, too. So, but Romans uh, verse 17, it says, for the righteousness of God is, this is the gospel, is revealed from faith to faith. And, and as we brought out way back in the beginning, as we introduced this book, the just shall live by faith. In other words, you're saved by faith, you live by faith, you're perfected by faith. But, you know, I also said this too. Some of you probably remember me saying it. You're walking in faith, you're walking in the spirit, you're walking in love, all three or none. They're all the same because faith works by love and love is the culmination of the fruit of the spirit. He can only love real love only comes by the Holy Spirit, real love. And so. When you're living by faith, you're walking in the spirit. All right, verse 17, it says, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him, 
people don't want to hear that, that we also may be glorified together. Now, we talked about suffering. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Now, the last time I spoke on Wednesday night, I used these verses, and I talked about the suffering that's going to come with the persecutions. Because, because Jesus said, what, if the world hates me, it'll hate you. There's going, to be, there's going to be persecutions. There's that kind of suffering. But that's not actually the real suffering that this thing is dealing with. What's the flow? What's the context of what he's talking about? How many know it's not always comfortable to, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body? How many of you did that Thursday? I, don't, I won't ask for a show of hands. But why do we struggle with it, right? I mean, I think we all, most of you admit it, you're still struggling it. What's the real problem here? It's a done deal, right? Our old man was crucified with him. The body of sin was done away with. The flesh is he's nailed to the cross, taken care of, done deal. Crucified with him, out of the way, finished. No problem. So where's the problem? Where's the problem? Let's see how much you learned. What is the one thing that God will always respect about you? Your will. That's right. The one thing. Where is the problem? Right there. You really just don't want to. <laughs> All right. Oh, did I, did I give that away? Did I switch that before you answered or no? <laughs> Because that's it. If anyone, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? First, deny himself. First, deny himself. I said this before. John chapter 5. Jesus showed us why he never made a mistake. Why he never made a bad decision. Why everything he always did was always right. Because he never sought his own will. Always the will of the Father. That's all he was interested in. Doesn't matter what I want. What I want doesn't come into the equation. As a matter of fact, in that verse, the Amplified Bible puts it something like, I don't consult myself, my will, about anything. Let's see what Jesus thinks of this. No. Let's see what the Father thinks of this. No matter what. All the time. Take up... Deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. How many know that's not always comfortable? How many know that's not always convenient? How many know it might be downright uncomfortable? You know, you know you have a problem with it if you have your feelings self-conscious about anything. You know? I mean, the worst thing I could do is come up here and say, oh, I hope they like me. I don't care. <laughs> it's not a consideration. It's what, God, what do you need to say? That's it. I mean, I'm sure that doesn't work. I know some of you guys like to go out and spread the gospel. That don't work. Oh, they won't like me if I do. No. Okay, Galatians. I have been, 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. See, Paul... He kind of got there. I, I mean, 
when you read about this guy and, and the suffering and, and his attitude towards it, it's really inspirational to me. Because he got to a good, I mean, I'm not there yet. But I see, I see it's available. I mean, I'm getting, I really am getting there. I really am like, but, but like my situations are nothing like his situations. You know what I mean? I don't have someone whipping me or, you know, threatening to kill me or, or actually really killing me. He was stoned to death one time, got up and walked off. But I mean, you know, it's when, when, when I'm in a tough spot, you know, and it's just like, yes, this is going to be great. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I'm really, I'm getting there. I'm not, 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 I'm not at this level, but, you know, you, you can. You can get to that level. It's, it's, it's available to you. But you see what the, the will is there? God needs us totally surrendered. Totally. And the life I now live in the flesh. See, he's still living in the flesh. But, you know, have you ever read the book of Acts and read like about Paul in the book of Acts? Kind of looks like Jesus, doesn't he? I mean, he's doing at least it seems like he's doing actually, if anything, maybe a little more than Jesus. But, but Jesus said that would happen, wouldn't he? Greater works. I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. See, that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point of him giving himself for us because we're supposed to give ourselves to him. This, you know, back in chapter 6 where I started in verse 6, but he said that um, in, in verse 1, he said, Don't you know, no, that's not verse 1, that's verse 2, sorry. Don't you know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? That's, I mean, when you chose to be baptized into Christ, you, would, you are forfeiting your life to him. That's what you're choosing to do. And if you didn't know that, you know it now. And if you didn't do it, you better do it now. Okay, back to Romans. How are we doing? For the earnest expectation of creation, I don't know how deep I can get into this, eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. Do you know what that is, don't you? That's the second coming. Creation, you know, just, just so you don't get freaked out. Things aren't going to get better, okay? The world and the spirit of the world, which is really the spirit of Antichrist, is trying to manipulate everybody into conforming a certain way, and they manipulate through fear. Okay? They're, they're, everything that they're doing is designed to make us afraid so that we will conform. If you do this, it'll get better. If you do that, it'll get better. First of all, it's not going to get better. God said it wasn't going to get better. That in the end times, that's not to make you afraid. That's, I mean, this should make you hopeful, you know. Things are going to keep getting worse and worse and worse until the end comes. I mean, even during the tribulation, when this happens at the manifestation of the sons of God, this isn't even the rapture of the church because they're not going to see us then, right? We're just going to be gone in a blink of an eye. 
But at the second coming, when, we, when we're raised up and we're manifested and our bodies finally are redeemed, and he's going to talk about that, and I'm not going to, like I said, get too far into it, but this is, this is really going to happen. When we come back, the curse that's on this planet is going to be lifted. This planet, that's why this thing is fading away, is, is it's cursed, right? God cursed it in the Garden of Eden. I'm, for the creation, it said it was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of who subjected it in hope. Back in Genesis, and I think we covered this when we when we were uh, looking at how sin entered. But he said he to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. Now, listen, guys, that means see, don't ever listen to your wife. <laughs> no, I can get myself in trouble here. No, no, listen to your wife. Just don't ever listen to anybody who's telling you to do something God told you directly not to do. I don't care who they are. <laughs> But you see how people p- take things out of context and make it say what they want to say, though. Huh? God says, don't listen to you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, ladies. And have eaten it from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Watch this. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field and sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground for out of it you were taken and for dust you are and dust you'll return that's that's his natural life it's and and it's he let the curse in god cursed everything so it would die so it couldn't continue on forever i mean if things things that that are rebelling against god continue on forever I mean, God knows how bad it would get, you know. Things get to a point where God just has to say, that's enough. And that's what's going to happen here. And actually, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, that it's, it's going to get so bad, it said that, he said that if the God did not cut those days short, nobody's going to survive. But that's not, you know, but he said for you and I, if we see those things, and we're not going to see those things because we're going to be out of here. That's going to be in the, tr- before it gets that bad, we'll be out of here. But the people who, who come to faith in those days, when they see those things, he says, look up and rejoice because their redemption is coming close. So just understand that. And then it says creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Creation itself, everything. I mean, it's going to be changed. Things are going to be different. Everything's going to be different. For we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. What happens with birth pangs? When it gets close, they get worse and worse and closer and closer. So that's when, when you see these things, when you see plagues, when you see famines, when you see wars. I mean, all these different things that we see and, and we see happening now. And we can't tell... How bad it's going to get because we haven't seen it yet. You know, I mean, I've expected the catching away for the church of the church, the rapture of the church any day now for as long as I've been a Christian. It hasn't happened. It doesn't matter. But, you know, that's not a bad thing. Even if you live your whole life and, and, and a full life and pass into heaven uh, naturally. Right. Imagine if you lived it, lived every day like that could be the day. I believe that's why God did it. I, I believe that's why God said it that way. If you lived every day like this could be it. 
by the time you got to the end of your life, boy, you're going to hear that well done. You're going to, you know, you'll have laid up for yourself a lot of gold, silver, and precious stones, right? Jesus said this in Matthew 24. I'm going to wind this up. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. First of all, that, I mean, this is like the first thing he said. Take heed that no one deceives you. So obviously there's going to be a lot of people out deceiving you. I've had a lot. Of, I've had people come up to me, you know, and I understand why, because I'm a teacher. Right. You know, and ask me about this one, about that one and say, you know, this teacher, that teacher. How what do you think? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, and say, like, I just don't want anyone to lead me off track. Well, you don't have to worry about that. If your heart's right, right? If you're given place to the devil, if you really are sold out to God. I mean, if you've got an agenda and you're compromising God, you're deceived already. <laughs> right? <clears throat> Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, say, I am the Christ, and deceive many. And, and you know, that doesn't necessarily say, I am Christ, right? You know what Christ means? Anyone know what Christ means? Anointed, right. So anyone, and a lot of people go around saying, I am anointed, right? I'm not going to tell you I'm anointed. If you don't know, then, if you know, if you can't tell for yourself, then maybe I'm not. I'll let it speak for itself. I'll just, you know, I don't have to tell you I'm anointed. I don't, I don't know, whatever. I'm not trying to, not trying to exalt myself. That's my point. You will, well, good, okay. I, I hope so, but like I said, I'm, I don't have to broadcast it. I just have to demonstrate it. And you will hear rumors of wars. Watch this now. Wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. See, you know, see, see to it that you are not troubled. You know, that's what Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, right, right after when they were in the upper room and right after Judas left and he knew what was about to happen. He knew he was about to be taken from him. He knew all his disciples, the whole world was going to come crashing around at him. And he said, see that your heart not be troubled. See, the troubled heart is more dangerous than the trouble around you. Don't guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it flow the issues of life. You do not have a spirit of bondage again to fear. The trouble is not the problem if you receive the fear that is. Fear and faith are exactly opposite one another. You know, we say we don't give place to the... Well, he rules by fear. It's not healthy and you, and it's not, and you don't have to accept it. The end is not yet. These are the beginnings of sorrows. You know what sorrows is the same word means. These are the beginnings of birth pangs. So when they come, put, he said it in Luke, take heed that your hearts not be weighed down with carousing. The King James says surfeiting, drunkenness and the cares of this life. Sorry, folks, overeating is what it means. <laughs> That they come on you unexpectedly. He, does, he doesn't want that day to come on you unexpectedly. He wants you to be sober. He wants you to be alert. He, I know I'm, I'm ruining it because you're all going to go eat and say, ah, oh, no, no. 
<laughs> What's that? You'll feel better afterwards if we actually listen. <laughs> yeah. But so that's the point, though, and and I'm 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 just going to close it with that. That it's like the first the the the, the first mission that you have to do is. Is see to it that you're completely yielded to him by your will. And the rest will follow. The rest he's already done. Right? Amen. God bless you. Enjoy.